let me let me tell you guys like the parable of when you see work that seems like I don't want to say questionable because like obviously if if something is uh you know not done well and needs replacement it fucking needs replacement that's not what I'm talking about it's when things are you see things that could be better but they're like clinically acceptable right like uh, so I had this guy come in today um, he's missing. 19 and 30, both of them have uh, a pretty significant root tip that's been left behind. Um, one is, uh, you know, domed over with bone and it looks fine. One is actually something that I advised uh, that it should be, you know, addressed, uh, taken out. But long story short, he only wanted to have uh, 18 taken out. Now, he was normal-ish, but when we started doing procedure, it was one of those ones I, you know, I got him numb, and then anytime I did anything like crazy aggressive tongue, sort of turning his head, like fits and around in the chair, just kind of very difficult to work on. And, you know, ask is like, are, are you feeling anything? Are you okay? I can always give me more. So he's like, oh, no, I don't feel a thing at all. He's just very twitchy, nervous, you know, and I get it. I don't want to be a fucking dental chair, right? So, you know, it's it's one of those things where it was a more difficult extraction than the X-ray led led me to believe. I uh, I didn't leave a root tip because uh, I'm a badass. But, you know, I can definitely understand the situation where if, you know, someone was like not prepared for that, like uh, leaving a root tip might have might have been something that, you know, happened uh, so I could see it afterwards. But the same kind of thing when you like see, you know, fillings that it's like or a crown, you're like, oh, this, you know, could be a better, better result. You know, you know, you might end up trying to redo it and end up making it exactly as bad as it was to begin with. Right. It's just, it's just one of those things. I've been in that position before, you know, it's like, oh, this filling, you know, blah, content, you know, something go to replace. And it. it's like, I just made it exactly as shitty as it was before because I didn't realize that, you know, it wasn't that it was a dentist issue. It's It's a patient issue. People are fucking hard to work on sometimes 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 you'll you'll see somebody and you'll just immediately know that you want to refer them someone or somewhere else like something about them just their whole aura it's like you're gonna suck and you're gonna just take from me all the joy in my life and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna want to deal so if i can transition you to a, a place that's not here i'm gonna try to do so we have this person coming in today and so I'm in a strip mall location, right? I'm next to like a fucking mod pizza, pizza, Jersey Mike's battery plus, right? We have a huge fucking parking lot with front doors that welcome you right in front of the parking lot. Okay. We also have a back entrance where like people might deliver stuff to the kitchen of Jersey Mike's or something where an employee might duck out a back door to have a cigarette, you know, one of those obviously not consumer facing. It's like you go down a, a walkway, buy electrical boxes and, and shit to a, to a service 
back door. It abuts a um, a main roadway there, so it's still visible, so it's kept or whatever. But, I mean, it's obviously not, you know, there's no, it's not anything that you would think as a, a rational person, like, oh, this is where I go. This is the entrance, right? Um our break room is in the back, back there, and there, and we have a a fucking door um, from back of the break room, right? And our uh, kind of our office and environment, we're we're you know glass, like we have a lot of full pane glass windows, blah blah blah. That's sort of sort of what we look like. So our break room is is glass, but most of the things are you know tinted or they have. Uh, pictures of people smiling and shit like that. So you can't see into the break room except through that one back door. And all. so we're in the break room for a minute. And all of a sudden, like someone shows up back there and is like trying to open the door and giving us the like, I, I don't understand why it won't open. There's a big fucking sign on the door that says authorized uh, employees only or, you know, some shit like that. Right. So we give her the like circle finger, like, go around this isn't isn't a door well she turned out to be a fucking new patient and like of course i mean how if you miss that like if you wander to the back of my if you somehow figure you couldn't figure out how a parking lot and a fucking door works i'm just i'm hesitant because i i just know that anything that we do is, is gonna be you know, there's going to be a weirdness to it. It's like, man, you couldn't, you couldn't figure out how a fucking entrance to a building works. You think I'm somehow going to ex- explain to you the rationale behind fucking teeth and like why you have a cavity or whatever the fuck is going on. So yeah, anyway, luckily, uh, she was here to get a second opinion on something. Uh, it was actually really weird. She had like a, Looked like an amalgam tattoo, but it was in a spot where I th- I think uh, she got a silver filling on a tooth in uh, uh, there was a baby tooth and something happened with that and a bit of it ended up somewhere. But anyway, someone sent her to the endodontist because he said it was an abscess. Well, this is what she says: said it was an abscess and it was near the sinus and that was going to go to her brain and she was going to die. And I was like, eh, it's not really what it looks like to me. This is what it looks like. You don't have symptoms that read abscess it doesn't you know look like an abscess in the mouth you know well i think it's probably some amalgam from something although granted it's you know don't usually see that but you know doesn't mean it's not what it is uh we'll we'll follow up on it and you know we'll take a picture down the road if it looks different we'll do something if it doesn't we won't you know pretty pretty self-explanatory so she was grateful for that and i was grateful that i didn't have to try to do something so there's that. We all we also uh another, you know, since we're talking red flags now, apparently, you know, you can't figure out the door uh, that people that require you to give them seven thousand different estimates, um, you're going to have a bad time. So we had a guy he came in. He wanted the uh, all on four top, all on four bottom. But together, treatment plan gave him a quote. Then he was like, mm mm-hmm. No, I want uh, snap-ins. Put together a quote, gave it to him, calls back. And when I say put together a quote, gave it to him, I should say my consulter sat with him in consult for 45 minutes on any of these things. But then he decided he wanted dentures, no implants, and then he decided he wanted it 
uh, you know, the top is a, a, a fixed and the bottom is a snap and like every iteration of those things, implants, no implants, fixed, removable that you could possibly do. And, you know, she consulted and gave him paperwork like seriously, like seven fucking times. And he ended up doing uh, an all on four on the bottom with a traditional upper denture. Uh, and we did talk about, you know, different wear rates of, you know, stuff and yada, yada, yada. So he was, he was well parked for this. And we kind of said, like, you know, the advisement is, is usually when we're doing this, like having some some symmetry going all on for four versus all on four is better, especially if you're going for a porcelain end product. But anyway, it's not nearly there. I think we might even be doing acrylic with a bar. I'd, I'd have to look at it. But he. uh he came in today. So the way that we, we do that, we did the upper surgery delivery of an upper denture build. Um, we also did placement of four, uh, uh, you know, implants, the abutments for that, uh, slapped on an interim denture, you know, a temp denture, uh, build for that. But when we go to impress for the final thing, you know, there's, there's a fee and then, you know, the fee for an all on four, that's a, that's a sizable, uh, appliance like my lab bill for that that fucking thing is you know multiple thousands of dollars like it's not it's not cheap um so you know with with that <laughs> uh there's a guy on a weird scooter thing and i we we played the no you go no you go uh thing i was i was trying to yield to him and he was trying to yield to me which is smart if you're on a weird scooter thing and i am in a giant jeep I will kill you. So he was, he was good, but he, he smiled and was nice and then scooted about on his way. It was it was not a scooter. What was that little fucking thing that you stand on? And, uh, it's like a hoverboard. You know what I'm talking about? The weird hoverboard. He's on a weird hoverboard. Don't extract teeth on one of those, especially in Alaska. You'll go to jail. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's the whole thing. You should Google it. Uh, oh yeah, this guy. So. I, I listen, my office is right next to my office managers and you know, she's worked for me for several years now and I know what she says and I listen to her say it. I know how many times this guy was consulted and for what lengths he was consulted because I fucking listened to all that shit all the time. Because if I think they're saying something that could be said better, I, I touch base with them about that because, you know, the consulting is really uh, a make or break part of dentistry, right? It doesn't matter what you do and how you talk about it. If it goes up to the person that's going to ask for the money portion and, you know, they, they suck at that, then you're never going to do anything and you're going to live in a van down by the river, right? So anyway, but she does great. She's fucking amazing at it. She does wonderful. And I, I know what she says, uh, especially. So I know that she said in, you know, six months or whatever, when we impress for the lower X dollars will be due. And that's what she did. But this person freaked out about it today. And they had a, they had a, like, she's amazing because it ended up with, he apologized and gave her a hug, but like she was crying at one point. It, was, it looked, it, it was a tough, tough fucking, you know, situation all around. So I'm glad that uh, we got through it and we, you know, took impressions and we're moving forward with the case you want to move forward with. Cause it's like, that is a weird um, place to uh, end at, right. Is when you're like, well, you're, you know, you're, you're shit. 
uh, is in a temporary state and now you're leaving, you know, this is not, this was never intended to be the final. It's like when you have someone in temps, right? And for various uh, reasons, you know, like, uh, they, de- they decide that they don't want to get the final done. It's weird, but it happens, right? Like you, I'm sure you've seen people. It's usually a billing thing, um, from another office that have come in, they're in temps and they're like, what the fuck? Um, and then I'm sure you have crowns that you've tried to get the person back in. You're like, why can't I get this person in? I have their fucking crown, you know, and they're, they're in temps. Well, you know, when that person goes somewhere else, like a temp, that's not, you know, that wasn't the final treatment. And at least when another dentist sees a temp, they know, uh, yeah, more was to be done. But it's like sometimes I see, uh, you know, people come back and they, they got like uh, implant stuff in Mexico. And I swear, man, like I've seen some come back where it's like they took a fucking nail gun and they just rattled off like 13 shots into someone's fucking palate and then put acrylic in a mold and shoved a fucking denture up there and let it harden. And then they're like, oh, it hurts or it broke or it's failing. And it's like, uh, I would have to literally cut this whole thing off. There's not a, this is not a thing. Like what? What were you gonna get a final? Oh no, this is my final. It's like, jeez, I don't even know. I don't even know how to. Like, I need an oral surgeon to take out this for me. Like, I don't even know what I would do uh, with this. Like, it's just ridiculous. Um, so yeah, do you, if you're going to do dentistry, like, uh, you're taking a dental vacation, you're taking a fucking medical vacation or anything, do a lot of research because there's, I, I've seen some great stuff that has come from other countries, like stuff that it's like, wow, this is amazing. I would work with these people every day of the week. This looks great. And then I've seen, you know, veneers made out of fucking chiclets, that. I've seen stuff where the the implants look like something that you got on aisle 13 in fucking Home Depot or something. It's like, uh, yeah, what type of implant is this? Phillips? Or is it Flathead? Uh, yeah, so it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. And it's amazing, too, how much, like, stuff, uh, you know, a lot of times when I see it, it sucks and it's failed but uh there's this one guy he came in and he had yeah roundhouse bridges so he had like three or four or five teeth per arch and then bridges that went second molar to second molar on on those um uh very boxy like i think they looked like garbage but he thought they looked good um and he had you know severe perio i think that was why he's coming in because he had an abscess and he just didn't have any bone um anywhere i think i actually <laughs> just for uh to see if i could i uh took it took it out without sectioning so anyway but but long story short you know it was very failed and it failed because it was you know not cleansable and he got you know the severe perio leading to the tooth wiggly wiggly uh as a result but it was in there for like 18 19 years so it's like well is that a failure he liked how it looked and it lasted 19 years like fuck you know more power to you it's like and it worked but then i've seen things you know when i've done things look perfect like my oral surgeon actually uh, he was in today 
and he was doing a post-op on an implant that had failed. And, you know, we, we went back and looked at, like, you know, his insertion torque value and the, uh, you know, what the PA on the day looked like or whatnot. And it was, like, perfect. The most perfect-looking implant that has ever been seen and observed. It looked amazing. Yeah, fucking failed, you know. And then, like, other people, you have one that was a bitch for whatever reason, the implant lost so much bone in the first year you're like fuck this thing sucks and it is the most solid rock amazing thing you you will ever have and i'll probably be in there you know into the next millennium it's just teeth are weird jaws are weird humans are weird you know there's so many factors that goes into this stuff and it's just like just because you did everything right doesn't mean it'll last and sometimes if you do everything wrong, it'll last forever. And it's not fair. It really is. <laughs> you know, I swear it's the one where you do it, you do it perfect. Like you have like the most picture perfect, amazing thing ever. And it's on the person that, uh, you know, just doesn't give a fuck, you know, and then you have well, one where, you know, the, it's problematic is on the person that's like overly nitpicky. And it's like, well, of course, of course, this is going to require more stuff. I don't know. Every now and then it lines up uh, well enough, I, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, some big news is we're getting back into doing interviews. We just interviewed uh, a classmate of ours. She owns a dental practice in Snowflake, Arizona, which is named after two people, Mr. Snow and Mr. Flake. And I'm not fucking kidding. Google it. Um, we're also going to get uh, Captain Potato, our friend Skylar, the endodontist on uh, to talk about endo residency and what it's like to put little files in tight places. And then uh, we've got our, our boy Sohibe, uh just is finishing up his uh, OMS, OMFS residency. And this guy's a beast. Another former uh, ASDA pre- national president. So that'll make three for those who are counting. That's how, how fucking awesome we are, is we can get uh, all those big names in the ASDA. She guys dental school don't even know who these people are anymore but they're they're amazing trust me so i was uh just super cool he's just an amazing guy and he's like just gifted he's gifted in everything he does one of those people he, he kind of pisses you off because it's like man how are you just so good at everything like like i i feel like i've had to work a lot to to carve out you know, some amount of success. And uh, he's just, uh, he just seems like he, everything he does just seems effortless and how good he is. He's a, uh, he's a really cool guy. Um, I learned a lot, not only about dentistry, but about, about like life and, and, and stuff in general. Like he is the one, like I became a, a, a national trustee and as uh, because of so hard, like uh, talking to him when he was a trustee uh, and then again, when he was like president and whatnot, and seeing how he put in a district meeting and, you know, did some different stuff, like, you know, it, it really put me on a path in, uh, in dental school to kind of take on and do more things. And, uh, one of the things that I did as trustee, because he, it was so powerful for me to have the trustee come and, and talk to me as a first year dental student, or I like kind of learned about these different things was the fact that he came to our school. So when I was trustee, I went to every single school in my district and it was, uh, I missed a lot of school to do that. And I hope that that was, uh, you know, helpful to some folks and maybe, you know, I got people, uh, involved, uh, that wouldn't have been involved otherwise. So that was, that was my goal. 
Um, and hopefully, you know, like you, I did it and then I graduate. So it's like, I never got to follow up on how it went. So hopefully it went great. So anyway, we'll be having them on in the coming weeks to months. Uh, so look forward to that and take it the fuck easy. Drug seeking is always always a difficult thing because one of the I don't know one of the things like I don't want you to have to be in pain right so if I can help you uh and part of that is like pain medication like I'll I'll do that I I think I've gone over before like I'm not opposed to to pain medication I don't think the opioid crisis is because I give you 12 pills or something to get through a weekend right like it's it's people and I see these people that have standing fucking orders for every month for 120, you know, Vicodin or Percocet or whatever that they've been taking forever. That's the issue. It's not not dentistry. Um, but that said, there's people that come to, to dentists and it's just drug seeking behavior. And it's 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 one of those things like, you know, I get that you have like a dental thing, but I'm not going to just give you drugs if you're not here to address said thing like I had someone come in uh this morning and she was crazy anxious and you know like sure there's dental anxiety you know that 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 that's fine that's not a big deal you know we were talking about you know changing to a limited so we're just looking at that that one tooth but the assistant got her calmed down enough to uh uh do the the full x-ray and then she had she had a lot going on uh, it was two fourteen, uh, and it, it's hard to tell. I mean, because it, it kind of looked like it had a crown off, um, but it definitely, you know, parl, you know, would it would need a endo at minimum. But kind of with the the pain level that she's talking about, like uh, in and whatnot, and the description of it, but she's saying it broke, it broke off, blah 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 blah. blah. And the reason I'm kind of don't have enough details because I never got to look in the mouth. Uh, so it might be more than that. Might, you know, might be savable, might, might not. Uh, I think patient expectation is, is not. Um, so my hygienist goes in, she refuses charting and she's like, I can't even, you know, talk to anyone because I, I have this, and I just need this fixed right now. So then I, and she's like freaking out. Right. So I go in and, you know, I kind of, sit back and it's like hey you know so it looks like you know we're unable to complete parts of our examination today like what is your expectation yeah well i need this to stop hurting it's like okay great i i think you know that that too just kind of based on on the x-ray and what else is going on because even if it was savable with endo like it wasn't a two fit you know there's other stuff going on it's like doing an endo there is like hanging in a fucking chandelier in a haunted house right it doesn't make any sense like why 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 would we do that um extraction and then looking for replacement options which in her case might be you know dentures or partials um would be the best thing so it's like well you know you're you're in luck because i actually have an oral surgeon that comes in um once a month that's here uh you know in four days um and I, I think with, you know, what, what you're, you're telling us with, you know, your anxiety and whatnot, you can come in, kind of take a nap and, you know, wake up and it'd be over. And she's like, well, I don't, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm going to Florida. It's like, well, when are you going to Florida? 
well, I don't know yet. That's not up to, up to me. And it's like, well, you know, probably getting this addressed before driving across country, you know, that might, <laughs> that would be my recommendation there. Normally, like if you're getting a, you know, a sedation appointment with an oral surgery, uh, for oral surgeon, you know, it, it often takes months to get that appointment. Uh, and I have this appointment just because there was someone that, that canceled, like, and I could get you in this spot. So, I mean, that's like, if you're wanting to get this addressed, that would be the fastest way, uh, to get you addressed. I mean, I could refer you to another oral surgeon, um, which is what I think you need kind of based on, you know, what, what we're seeing here today. Uh, but I know that they're booked out farther than that. And she's like, no, I just need pain medication. And it's like, well, I can't give you pain medication because we're not addressing your problem. Like, you need this tooth out. Like, if we're getting you on that that schedule for with the oral surgeon, uh, like, I, you know, that would be different because then we have a solution. You know, otherwise, if I give you pain medicine, what happens in three days when you're out? You're just right back in here and probably in a, in a worse state. Um, than that, you know, like you, you need this address. And she just starts like flipping. She actually jumped out of the chair and she started running into like an employee only section of our office. We had to like kind of, uh, director, like, you know, kind of flag like accents over there, you know, like, yeah, I'm definitely, I make sure on, on stuff like that, like, you know, one, I'm not oh, like, I'm not starting my exam because it's easier to write the, the, you know, the patient refused uh, to have the examination and I didn't look in, in their mouth than if I, I start and then like had to stop because then you get in a weird diagnosis. It's, it's better for me to write like I was unable to diagnose extent of uh, conditions from the radiographs. I went over what I saw in the x-rays, but, you know, I didn't do that, uh, that, that full evaluation. Like that's an easier thing to write than it's like, well, I got a good look at two, three, but that was about it. And it has, you know, so it, it's, it's just better, I think, to do all or nothing if you can figure out if, if it's going to be a, a situation like that. But yeah, they just wanted, wanted pain meds, wanted pain meds. She screamed that at me. You know, I think even as leaving, I just want pain meds. It's just like, cool. A lot of people just want pain meds. I'm, I'm just not a, not like a fucking pain med ATM, right? That's just not, not how do you do it? Cause there's no, I just don't want to do things that are just don't work. Like if it's like a tooth and I can take it out, like let's just take it out. Then yeah, you have pain meds after that's fine. Or if it's a, a tooth that, um, you know, I can't take out, but you're scheduling with the oral surgeon. I've had people tell me, well, just put me on the oral surgeon so you can give me pain medication. Um, and I'll just cancel it. It's like, well, no, <laughs> for a number of reasons. Um, it, you know, the, the other one is like, you know, you got to pay for that visit with the oral surgeon before you can even get a, get a point to, to canceling it. And that seems like a lot of hassle for us both. And I'm not, if you're not going to come to that and I'm not, I'm not going to do that, especially when you're telling me it's not a solution. This is not like, some bureaucratic like oh i can't do it because of the red tape but if you you sign up for our monthly package i sure can't that's not what i'm saying i'm saying like if we're not addressing it there's no point for me to give you pain medication like you need to you know and i was starting to tell her about good old ibuprofen tylenol that that type of thing and blah blah but didn't get there because like she 
like literally freaked out and ran. And then she came around to the front just to come back in and like cuss and flip everybody off. So a uh, real peach is what I'm getting at. Um, so yeah, that was, that was kind of my morning. Other than that, nothing too crazy except we had somebody that like rescheduled their appointment. Today's appointment, I'm open a half day. I'm open until noon and their appointment is at 11. They rescheduled it to like two weeks from now. And then they showed up at 12, like this same day, this is a couple hours later, they show up and say their appointment's at 12 today. And it's like, it's super not because we close at 12 and we're not going to stay and <laughs> do, do that. Uh, no, thank you. Anyway, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of, kind of that. I'm gonna go get some, uh, some chicken food. Now, I don't want to get, like, heavy with you guys or anything, but, uh, I kind of, I kind of want to talk about death, uh, which isn't, you know, having to do a lot with dentistry other than I guess being a D word, right? The D word death, the D word dentistry. Anyway. Um, so like my dad had like four heart attacks and like seven strokes. He's also, uh, he survived prostate cancer. Like we're just notoriously hard to kill people. Uh, my family. But anyway, each time he had like a heart attack or a stroke or something like that, like he lost a little, a little bit of himself, right? Um, you know, like there, something didn't come back. And then when we would have him, you know, it would be just a new normal that you have to acclimate to, you know, and you know, some of, some of that was like really small at first, little bits of memory. And then later on, you know, that was, you know, various motor functions and, and things. And he, uh, he eventually died on hospice care. Um, my mom was a um, a nurse, a, a caregiver for quite some time in a clinical setting. She still is involved in healthcare. Like she knows what the fuck she's doing. Um, so she had him at home. She did have like some people coming to help uh, with things, uh, but she could do you know chair transfers and she could get him into a shower chair and you know all sorts of different stuff where she could really uh, take care of him. Um, that's not always uh the case right like some people are not equipped uh to take care of someone at the end end stage of life like dude when you're at the end stage of life it's not fucking pretty like if you like you know nurses like what we do in dentistry is so you know we might you know deal with some funk mouth from time to time and you know see some pus and stuff but like uh like if you're a hospice nurse like if you are you know, like when you, when you have a, a baby and the baby, uh, what is it, neconium or whatever, their first poop, and it's like this black tar of death, like evil thing, like it's horrible, like end of life, like, you know, you're on fucking, you know, cancer medications and, and things like that, and you can't control your bowel, like end of life uh, <laughs> shits are also pretty, pretty terrible. And it's, uh, you know, I, I think as a parent with a small child, especially a small little human, it's not a lot of, a lot of poop you deal with it, but it's like when you're, you know, similar sized people and, and especially the relationship is often, you know, a, a spouse or, uh, 
you know, a child, a parent or whatnot, it is mentally hard, hard to deal with. And I don't think there's any shame in getting assistance on that. There's this, this thing that people do and it's like, Oh, you have to die with dignity. Like we don't want you to die in a, in a nursing home or whatever. You're going to die at home. And it's like, honestly, sometimes what you're doing is you're setting that person up to die terribly like you know uh, people uh that do you know hospice care and these different things like they really know how to take care of people at end stage they know what they need they know how to comfort you know you talk about uh dying with 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 dignity dying not in pain and, and things i think is 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 part of that the other thing is as you die especially from like you know conditions uh uh, that are, you know, deteriorating, you know, your, your cancers, your organ failures, your, your, your different things. Um, you know, like mentally, I think you, you die before you die, right? Like when, uh, when my dad died, like there was, there was a time, like he wasn't, he didn't even know who the fuck I was, you know, at that, at that point, you know, like saying goodbye at that stage wasn't, helpful for for anyone because there's you know it's impossible to have any kind of conversation there's some point where i saw my dad and it was the last time i really saw my dad and that was probably years uh before he died you know and that's that's something that's i i think about it it used to be like hard to deal with like we're several years past it now and whatnot but i know that the the times that i went down later uh to be with him and, and things were more about being with my mom and like, you know, part of me wishes that because uh, I went and I was there the night he died, you know, uh, he died in bed. Uh, my mom and I were both there, you know, and then we had to, to do the, uh, you know, everything that you do after a loved one dies uh, the following day. And, uh, you know, uh, the memories from that, that, that second day and, you know, like, you know, him, him taking his last breath and like them being carted out and, you know, kind of the, the way that a, a body is just sort of like a piece of meat being loaded into a bag and shit. Uh, none of that is are good memories. And I, I really wish that I don't have them because uh, they're powerful memories. Right. They like they take up a lot of space, you know, and for sometimes I felt like those were the only memories I had, like because I couldn't remember, you know, before that. Uh, so it's a very difficult thing. And I think, I think people get in this, like, this thing where they feel like they have to be there right, right at the end. And I don't know that that's necessary. Uh, like, I don't know, like, from my, my perspective, you know, like, if I'm there for him, where my dad was, uh, when he passed, like, I don't know that Jensen needs to be there. Uh, I'm not going to get certainly any comfort from it, you know, mentally or whatnot. I think it's just like a, a memory that, uh, I don't really want him to have. I feel like my whole life is, you know, protecting this, uh, this small child from anything I can protect him from, right? He's only three fucking months old, you know, I don't see that, uh, that going away. Um, so it's just, it's just something to consider. Like, uh, obviously that I'm being a little cagey, but like, yeah, my wife and her family are, are going through some stuff and, you know, she feels like some obligations. Uh, and it's just, you know, I, I want to be supportive, like do what you got to do, do what's going to make you feel good. Cause you can, you don't get a do over in these circumstances, but I think it's okay 
to not want to be there. I think it's okay to not be there. You know, it, every situation is a little bit different. Uh, my, my grandmother died of lung cancer. Um, and say I was not there when, when she died, but very close to it, a couple, couple days, uh, before. But the last like two or three times I went, horrible. Uh, like she was not the, the person that I knew. Uh, and she was very, uh, very sick. It was just in very bad condition. Um, uh, me being there did not, <laughs> uh, again, like do anything to help her. And again, it, it just sort of, you know, I don't, I don't know that if I had it to do over again, I, I don't think I would have gone those last couple of times. It, it taints, uh, the memory of it. Death is just a, it's a weird thing and we never really fucking talk about it, you know? Uh, so yeah, just, just some, some considerations, like be introspective, you know, think about, uh, what, what that looks like and, you know, your thoughts on it as, you know, it, it comes up and I don't, no one knows how to fucking act. And, you know, I think a lot of our, oh, what I want to say, a lot of our like ideology or whatnot is from like, you know, cinema and film and stories and things like that. And there's just so many like movies where you have this these deathbed conversations and they're super meaningful and whatnot. And that's, that's not how it usually is. Like, uh, usually the, the person dying is not of a mind to have that conversation right before they pass. That's stuff that often like months, years before you're going to have a conversation like that. You know, it's, uh, it's it's just something interesting. Also, like if you're, I don't think we have like super old people listening to this this podcast, but uh, you know, thinking about like your affairs and whatnot. Like I'm fucking forty. I plan to live at least another forty, at least. You know, maybe with medicine going in the direction it's it's going, maybe I can get two more forties, right? Get up to like one twenty. Um, that'd be rad. I kind of want to live forever at at this stage. Um, but you know, th- thinking about like what. How do my possessions go to take care of uh, my family? Like, how is my insurance stuff? Like, what what would that look like? I think it's something that, you know, maybe like once a year, you know, don't think about it all the time. You'll make yourself depressed. But I, I try to kind of think about like, well, if I died this year, like, how would things be? What would it be? And it's like, you know, pre-Jensen, I haven't had this thought. I'm kind of having the thought right now, I guess. Um, it's like, oh, Caitlin will be okay. She's fucking badass and she works and she can uh, do all that stuff. Maybe she doesn't even need any of my shit, but I, I've kind of told her in the past, like, Hey, like, this is who I want you to call. Um, from, because I have stuff, I have stuff that is valuable that she would not know how to sell. And I know people that would know how to do that. And, you know, it's like, Hey, if you need the help with that, like, boom, these are, these are the people. Uh, to to help you, you know, the rest of the rest of it, our our assets are like normal, like you know, just, just take my bank account, like that's easy, but sell my Warhammer figures, it's a little harder, right? Um, so yeah, and I guess like you know, as having the kiddo and and stuff, that becomes uh, you know, at, at some point I'll actually have to, I guess, make a fucking will, you know, uh, or not, I don't know, like Kaylin and Jensen get on my shit. Like all of it, like if there's shit, they can have it. I don't know. Anyway, I'm getting like kind of kind of depressed and now like introspective and 
and thinking about stuff. But I just thought it was an interesting kind of we've been having these conversations and I wanted to sort of sort of get it out. I don't even know if this will really go on the podcast. I don't know. Like I said, it's a D word, but it's not dentistry. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So. So there we go. There's a big fucking downer for you. So I ended up with all these dogs. The whole whole situation with uh, my in-laws, kind of, they can't take care of the dogs. They have four dogs. Um, Three of them are what's called Morky Poos. So they're Maltese, uh, Yorkshire Terrier, and Poodle. And then this other one is just a Yorkie, I think. But anyway, so they're these small dogs. The smallest one, Nene, is like... I don't know. I'm looking at it right now, like three and a half pounds. And the biggest one, Mahalo, who I call Gandalf because she looks like Gandalf, the white uh, from not the Wizard of Oz, uh, Lord of the Rings. Um, she's maybe 14 pounds or whatnot. So very, very small dogs. But we can't keep them because we have three dogs. Uh, our smallest dog is like weighs more than all four of these things combined. So we're we're looking at doing. Uh, some rehoming. My assistant actually uh, took one of them. It was a really good fit. That was Kikui. My office manager is taking Nene, the littlest one, uh, and I'm working on doing the rehoming. So I'd made a post on this like rehoming uh, Facebook group, <clears throat> kind of about the situation and the dogs and why we can't take them and whatnot. And man, did it ever spark the most uh, just, oh, just crazy facebook messages ever everyone everyone and their mother literally giving me their uh their two cents and you know the wanting this and and things like that and uh like there's a lot of interest because these these breeds like one of these dogs this one over here this hanalei that i'm i'm petting can you say hi she doesn't want to say hi um she like came from a breeder and they paid like a couple thousand dollars for this as a puppy and had her like flown into an airport and like drove them. Gosh, so these are like designer fucking high end dogs. So I, I put it on, I put it like a rehoming fee, like 150 bucks just cause it's like, well, I feel that's enough that like, if you, if you don't have 150 bucks to have one of these dogs, you shouldn't have one. Cause they, they require like that. These are type of dogs. You have to take them to a groomer, like some amount of time. They haven't been groomed in a while. I kind of, kind of shaggy they need it um but you know you need you need some disposable income for one of these fucking high-end beasts so i was like i'll just kind of put it this but i really don't care about i care more that they go to good homes like these are i like these dogs like gandalf is, is my friend i'm trying to hook gandalf up with my mother that sounds weird um but it's true i guess technically gandalf is gay so you know might not work out um, but anyway, I, I'm I'm trying to do this. And I'm getting all these these messages, and it's like whenever I tell someone no, because I had all these things, and I set up like four meets, and I was like four is enough, because like you know I might not even have dogs after four, and I don't want to cancel them, or you know it's just like let me get through this because I yeah I couldn't do it immediately, you know I was like I need to do it on the weekend, I'm you know I work and blah 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 blah, and like anyone's immediate response is like oh I got some other people that are like. I'll give you more money. I'll give you like 
<laughs> you know, I'll give you $200. And it's like, cool your jets, dude. <laughs> like, let the other person um, go. But, but just all sorts of stuff. Like, I put all the information that you could ever want. And as I get more information, like when I got their vet records and stuff like that, and, you know, like up to date on, on shots, and they don't take meds and, and things. I updated the post, but it's like literally most people are messaging me asking about the post i had this one lady that she messaged me literally like 30 times after i said like uh hey i got like four people in line but i can get back to you like you know after a couple of these meetings if you know i still have them available and just like message after message and then i didn't respond to any of them it's you know i don't hate myself um, and then it's like the next morning she's sending me messages like, do you still have them? Do you still have them? I live in, in, in this trailer and this guy is in spot 80 and he would take one. And this other person in spot 24 is like, hold on, dude, like chill out. I had somebody today. So today's Saturday. Uh, it's a Saturday at work. Naturally, everything always blows up on a, a weekend where I work. That's like Murphy's Law or whatever. And someone I, I showed... Two people dogs yesterday. One actually got got picked up. I'm tired. There's a lot of stuff going on. My wife and I just need a need a chill day. We're going to a cheese festival tomorrow. It's gonna be the fucking shit. I'm very excited because I like cheese. And apparently there's a bunch of like booths that you can sample like hard ciders. Um I'm not uh overly into wanting to drink right at the moment, but a little sampling of a cider never hurts anyone. So I'm into that. But uh, anyway, so I don't want to see fucking anybody today. I got, I got shit to do. I got chores and everything else. So the person was talking about how they need to come over uh, tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, no, like tomorrow's sort of a, like a family day. Like, we're gonna do, like, you know, we can put something together next week after I get off work or something. And they're like, well, why don't I just come over this evening? And I, I just didn't want to, like, argue with it or anything like that. So I just figured the easy thing to do was for me to say, oh, I'm working today. Because it's true. I was. But I'm off work. But so, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm working today. And they send back, you shouldn't work on the Sabbath. That's the Lord's Day. What? What? But you should go fucking look at dogs? I should have to put up with you? I guarantee putting up with you is more... Yeah, you know, that's would be harder than me going to work. My job today wasn't that hard. It was actually a pretty good good day. Uh, had uh, someone, we have oral surgery next week on Wednesday, and we had one case that, I don't know, I thought it was going to go one way. I thought he was going to want to put the implants in, so I'd kind of put it to that way, and he was like, no, I actually want to graft and come back to these. So it changed the amount of the appointment time, so I ended up with this hole in our oral surgery, and it's next week, and then this lady came in with crown off, uh, number 10. It was actually fractured at the gum line, and she was just like, I want implant dentures. And I was like, hmm, you know, I get you in with my oral surgeon next week. We just got to take some impressions and stuff today. So we we actually we got that on. So we filled out his schedule. So that was fantastic. I did a root canal and some extractions and a filling and like uh, an exam or two. So it wasn't too bad of a day. Did a case start for uh, some clear liners. I'm using a sure smile now. Uh, 
they've made actually some improvements to the back end that I actually like. One of the things that I, I enjoy about it now is when I look through the treatment plan, it also brings up uh, the start photo or the progress photo of wherever they were at the last time we took took photos from that view. So it's kind of cool, and it's kind of cool as a patient-facing thing because I think it's really easy for people with, like, really, like, fucked up shit. I f- like, you know, their teeth are all over the place, you know, look like a damn jack-o'-lantern. You know, they got fucking sideways teeth, teeth up in their eyebrows, all sorts of craziness. And you go through a, uh, a round, a uh, sure smile, and maybe another round, and you get something like, that's looking pretty fucking good, like in comparison to where he started. But they're like all caught up on like number seven needs to rotate like just a tiny bit more. And I'm so mad if I'd known this wouldn't work at all. I never would have done it. And it's kind of cool to pull up that and be like, yeah, let's take a look. And it's like, well, you know, like when we started, look at this. You got to hit this here, blah, blah, blah. You know, we've changed this and that and the other thing. Like this is honestly, it's looking pretty good. You know, ortho is not quick. Uh, you know, if you want quick, I put a crown on this. Like, if you're really concerned, like, we could do that. But otherwise, I think you should fucking count your blessings here on how this looks. Also, it's like, I kind of felt like on that one, one person's telling me I should, you know, shouldn't be working today. It's like, man, I just hope you fucking break a tooth on a Saturday. And then you're like, oh my God, is there any dentist? Yes. Yes, there is. There's me, the heathen. I'd pull your shit. Anyway, Nene, chill the fuck out. So Nene is is the little itty bitty one, and she's a spunkerino. She really, really wants up in everyone's business. She's also uh so basically for the last, I don't know, bit, uh, these dogs have kind of been neglected, is basically what it boils down to. So she really needs to be groomed, but she has so much extra hair, she looks like a weird gorilla. And now she's trying to play with uh, Mahalo. And Mahalo is actually playing really good right now. Uh, Mahalo is Gandalf. Uh, So I'm impressed with this. Good job, Mahalo. I've never actually seen these two play, so that's kind of cool. The dynamic with the four of them was just really, really bizarre. So I think it'll be good to kind of get them. You know, there's dogs that would not do good as solo dogs, and then there's dogs that that would. and I think all of these are kind of going to be okay in, in solo environments. Um, but I think everyone, I think these two would be fine in, you know, a dual environment. Four was probably just too much, too much dog. But Hana, I really think, like, she's just up here. She's like, I, I don't play. I'm too old for that shit. I'm like Danny Glover and Lethal Weapon. Getting too old for this shit, Papa. So she just wants to chill and like relax and play, uh, not play, just be pet, watch TV. So she wants a she wants a chiller environment. We actually thought we had her a home, and it was it was really sad because there's this lady and she seemed really nice and her she had had a Yorkie and then her husband had passed and her Yorkie kind of got got her th- through that and the Yorkie passed and it's been several years since that and she always wanted to get another Yorkie but. You know, one thing or another, it can be kind of expensive. And she really, like, blah, 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 blah. So it set up, and it seemed really nice. And did a phone interview and all the stuff you do. And it sounded really, really good. But then she, the, like, day before we were going to do it, I was going to take her out today, actually. So she called me at 4 in the fuck morning yesterday uh, to say that, uh, you know, one of the things she didn't say was that she's, uh, you know, 
in a like a uh she doesn't have mobility she's in like a a wheelchair type situation she doesn't actually think she could care for a small dog and she just was so excited about it she wasn't really thinking about it and it's like mm, you know i appreciate you coming to that realization because definitely like you know i think you can do it uh but it would be these guys are trained on potty pads right now so potty training them that might be a little uh a little difficult like she needs a little she's not at this stage and open the door close the door dog will do everything on its own type of thing and she's uh yeah I don't know. She just, uh, she needs a bit. So I guess it turned out to not be the best fit, which is sort of sad. I would have preferred it to be. But anyway, so yeah, so now I, now today, yesterday I had seven dogs. Today I have six dogs. So we're, uh, we're getting through it. We are finding people homes. I wish I could just keep them, but I can't. I have to have them out in the shop. They're, they're next to the rabbit enclosure. <laughs> And for a minute, the rabbit enclosure was twice the size of their enclosure because when I went to the fucking enclosure store, uh, they just didn't have enough stuff for me to build out a good space for them. So I had to go to another store to get some more stuff. Now they got a pretty good, what are we? We're probably, I don't know, that's 10 right there. Uh, 10 by 25-ish type things. I mean, that's like 250 square feet for them to them to fucking chill in so and we got got a fucking couch in here they're they have a fireplace heater uh i have a radio on right now but you know they got tv they're not like neglected by any stretch of the imagination they're just a little star for affection because they're people went away they're people actually you know for all intents and purposes went away several months ago and they've been sort of fending for themselves so they really enjoy uh chill pet time hanging out so that's kind of what we're what we're doing right now and this was a good way for me to you know spend some time with them and also do like a podcast lets me have a timer so you know there you go i could uh figure out that we're 13 minutes into this half hour expectation uh reddit let's do some reddit why not hanalei is going to help me out with reddit you want to do dental school We'll do some dental school. Oh, but we're out in the shop. We're out in the shop. Sometimes the uh, the old Reddit be slow. Should have loaded this up beforehand. I think there was a post. I don't know if we ever did it, but it was about um, someone was going into dental school and they were they were saying they've had their dog for like I don't know, like seven years or or something and they were like they're like my dog's my best friend but i'm getting into dental school so should i get rid of the dog and it's like what because they were worried about finding housing or something uh you know and they're like well i can't obviously can't do that um if i have a dog someone taking a shit no someone one of these dogs is farty one of you is farty Anyway, one of the dogs is farting. That's <laughs> that's what I know. I know two things. And one is that I have too many dogs. And number two is that one of them is farty. Come on, dental school. Let's see. If I move this way. Man, it's like, uh, the, I was like, this will be great. Go to Reddit and it'll be really exciting for me to 
pull up some Reddit posts. And it's like, no, you don't have fucking Wi-Fi, bro. You can't. Let's see. I Maybe if I walk to the other end of the shop, like, things would happen. That's good radio. Remember when I used to cut this shit out so you guys didn't have to hear me ramble about how my internet's slow? Ah, oh, there we go. Let's see. Oral health before and after COVID-19. Greetings, everyone. I'm a dental student. If you could please help me by filling out this survey. Oh, blah. Well, I'm not going to fucking fill out your survey. Research. Well, is this interesting? Let's let's look at their survey. I could fill it out right now. Oh, so great. So now I'm, I got to open a Google. Fuck. Let's see how long that takes to open. Yeah, living living country, man. It can be it can be tricky. Okay, uh, so patient consent. I am agreeing to participate in your survey. Am I male or female? Interestingly enough, on on this gender thing, uh, and I know um, it's very interesting when you uh, are doing any kind of research. The more demographic brackets that you can put people into, the more you could divide your research and the more you divide your research, uh, the chances are you'll find something more meaningful, at least on paper. The more divided, the lower your N is. Sometimes like it's not great, but in terms of paper writing, it's helpful to say, oh, in this population, I found this. But anyway, uh, I feel like nowadays you got to put male, female in a blank or a please specify or something like that. Cause, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're saying it's more of a spectrum right now, which is, which is cool. Uh, nationality. So again, this is how they're dividing us. What is my nationality? I'm just going to say I'm a mutt mixed. What's my age? I'd be 40 education level. I have post-grad income level. Uh, I am a doctor. Before COVID-19 pandemic, how often did you used to eat or drink any of the following foods? Before COVID-19, even in small quantities. Sweets. You know, it's interesting because they have several times a day, every day, once a week, several times a week, never seldom. But they don't have multiple times a week because I I would probably say chocolates and candies, maybe once a week. But, you know. A couple times a week would be a good thing. Fresh fruits. Fresh fruits. Man, depends on the time of the year. Probably like, again, a couple times a week would be nice. Because I don't know that I'm every day, but I'm more than once a week. Uh, Chewing gums. Well, back then, that was an everyday thing. I don't do that anymore, though. Biscuits or cakes? This must be an English thing. So that means cookies. Once in a while. Tea, coffee, or crack? I don't even know what the fuck crack is. Uh, coffee man, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a coffee guy. Really energy drink. How often did you use any of the following types of tobacco? Well, that's not very exciting. Um, maybe an occasional cigar? Oh, weird. On this one, they have several times a week. That several times a month, but they don't have like once a month. It's seldom. 
sell them a pipe, chewing tobacco, a water pipe. How much did I hit a hookah? Man, I'm pretty boring. This might not be the exciting. How would you describe the state of your teeth and gums before COVID-19? Excellent. Very good. I'm going to say very good. Fine. No cavities. How often did you use to clean your teeth? Once a month. Uh, twice a day. That's what a dentist would recommend. What was the reason for your last visit to the dentist? <laughs> I have to go every day. Yes, <laughs> I hate it. Uh, uh, because the state of your teeth. Yeah, okay. Man, and then after. Um, so it's really, this is this is boiling down to like, I guess the people go to the dentist more before COVID or after. And really, it was that during COVID thing where things were different covid for anything, it, it was like a paradigm shift, right? It was like it changed your routine. People that were never going to the dentist, uh, eventually because of COVID and things like that, they went to the dentist and they started going to the dentist. People that used to go all the fucking time, you know, like every six months, they had a break in their dental care. So then, then they stopped going to the dentist. You know, it's, it would be more interesting that during COVID, would you consider it to be easy to just get by in dental school? For instance, if someone has no interest in specializing and just pa are just passing grades easy to get. <sighs> sure, I guess. I mean, it, you know, it, it's one of those things. It's like you just have to keep plugging along, right? You just have to keep moving forward and you'll, you'll fucking get through it, right? Um, the thing is... Like, dental school, and you pay a lot of fucking money for dental school, you get out of it what you put into it. If you do the bare minimum, you're going to be a bare minimally, you know, skilled person uh, when you get out of it. And, you know, maybe that's fine, but that's not very exciting. I would say, like, you should, uh, the grades part isn't doesn't matter, but you, you should, like, you know, look for the experiences, do the things, you know, try to do more. Uh, try to go to the, you know, if the you can work on the extraction van once a month, if you can go fucking do sealants on kids, like there's always something that you, you can do to kind of get some extra experience. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's the way to do it. I wouldn't stress too much about didactics. Like you can get by, like dental school's job is to get you through it. You're kind of, you're paying them to take you through that hellscape <laughs> and they can usually drag you along if they need to. Ooh, here's an exciting one. Making total denture. Hey there, I'm a sophomore and recently making a denture fabrication, making a denture fabrication lab in my school. I'm currently working on arranging the teeth on a wax rim and was wondering if you have any chips, tips or suggestions for handling uh, the material more effectively. Right now I'm placing a wax rim and then uh, talk about it. So this is one of those interesting things because when you graduate, you'll never do this. Never do it, ever. You'll pay somebody to do it, like a dental lab. Like, you'll send them some shit. You'll say, put some teeth on this. And, you know, you might have to, when it comes back, if the potato doesn't like it, make some notes, take some pictures, uh, make some marks. I usually, I'm a big fan of with communicating with a lab. Like, I actually, I have a lab guy. So I'll just bring him in the fucking room and be like, hey, dude, so you like this? I want it like this. What do you need from me? Right. But if you're working with a lab, like if I don't love a crown or, you know, something's going on, what you can do is you can get like uh, a dry erase marker, make some marks, you know, 
if you need something to show uh a line you can like you know take take a picture show the pupil line show the can of the dancer whatever and then you can actually use your your fucking like if you take a picture with your phone you can mark it up on your phone or if you take it with a you know fancy camera shove it into the computer and you can even fucking draw a line on it on ms paint and then just send that to the lab and be like hey this is this is what i want changed how i want it to look these are patient comments whatever just you know picture is worth a thousand words right you just need to communicate what you want and make sure that they're uh, understanding it i find when you know if i do a first wax and i go to a second wax and the second wax is wrong it's not that my lab sucks it's that our communication piece didn't get there is usually the most common reason for that so if i can bring him in and be like hey let's look at this together and you know what do we got to do here how do we move this what do we change this need a you know do we need different teeth on this do we need like a different number of teeth blah 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 um that's usually what's the case every now and then it's just like uh patients can not really know what they want so you kind of have to advise them um, appropriately and get in because they'll like, you know, be like, these are too dark. I want them lighter. And then they're like, have you changed it to PW7? And then you come back and they're like, these are too light. I want, you know what I mean? Like, you got to help them uh, pick something good. Um, so, yeah, don't stress. It's like someone was asking me, I got a whole email about fucking dye trimming and how I do it. I don't, hey, that's a dead technology. Use a fucking scanner, right? Don't trim a dye. Don't waste your fucking time with that. It's horrible. Like, you're going to probably have to trim dyes in dental school. It's stupid. You will never use that skill. Hate to tell you that. Fucking dye spacer? Yeah, don't. You're never, you're never going to, oh, first you paint on the silver, and then you paint on the gold. Now, someone does that in the computer now. Like, don't, don't worry about that shit. Waste in dental school, specifically in clinic. I'm a D4 student, and I was curious what signs of waste people see in their schools. I feel like some people are more conscious than others about it. For me, I don't take things I know I won't use and try to return unused things such as composite that was never touched or bags of gauze. But in general, I see so much waste. People throw away so much composite that was never touched. Lytocarps that were never used and in general getting way too much stuff from the side our dispensing lines aren't even long you wait maybe three minutes before appointments start and then during appointments hardly any wait going back and forth is annoying but it is what it is we have burr blocks with operative burrs composite finishing and polishing burrs that are reused and uh then if one is dull we ask for a specific new burr this seems reasonable i also see people duplicating casts with putty hella expensive as opposed to the classic soapy water method also the barriers are brutal even with uh, when people do basic appointments like new patient exam, when you just need an exam, people grab high back suction, saliva ejector, et cetera, and I just don't understand. Even though I don't think my school is the worst, what are people's experiences? Well, you know, th this is a thing. Like, so the barriers, yeah, like that's, uh, you need different barriers if you're extracting all of someone's dentition versus if you're doing a quick exam, you know? Um, if you're not working with an assistant in dental school, you probably like you, you don't need to put that sticky barrier on the fucking other side of the controls because you're not over there and you're not going to be touching that. Right. Like that type of thing. You could put a barrier uh, just on the one handle of the fucking light because uh, you're the only one that's going to grab it. Right. Uh, and you're going to grab it from that side. So these are all things 
that you can do, but it's like in healthcare, there's just a lot of stuff. And there's also a lot of weird red tape stuff. So if uh, <laughs> red tape, actually that tape is blue that we put on the thing. So let's say you don't put on the, all the barriers. You're being really conscientious and you put the one thing on there. Cause you're only going to touch it on the right side. Cause you're right-handed. So you don't put one on the other side. But then, like, you have a weird patient, and they notice it, and then they fucking take a picture of it, and then they say that you weren't cleanly, and then they, like, crop the picture, and they're like, oh, this during my appointment, they didn't even have the barriers on the stuff. Like, shit like that happens, you know? And did the one cent that you saved in the one tiny piece of plastic matter? I don't fucking know. So I think more, like, the stuff that you can control, like, if you're... Doing an exam, yeah, like you said, you don't need high vac tip. Don't put the high vac tip on. When I'm doing exams, uh, my, you know, the the assistant might not even put any of that stuff in. And if I need an air water tip, I'll fucking ask for an air water tip, and I don't mind asking uh, for an air water tip. And I'll blow some air and look for cavities if it's something that I I need. And if I don't, then hey, we saved a uh, an air water tip plant or something. Um. The composite, so I'm assuming you're using those little tiny-ass black capsules, right? I'm sure they say something like they could be multi-use or whatnot if you don't use the whole... Just, they're they're unit dose. Consider them unit dose. Like, fucking, you know, if you're using flowable in a syringe, like, change your tip and don't throw that away. That makes sense. But if you're using the little compules, don't try to fucking save that shit. That's, that's ridiculous. That's not... You know, if you're not just shooting it out of the gun directly in the tooth and you're putting on a little spatula and shoving it into the tooth, that's too much work. Don't do that. That's like, you know, if you want, push it out and make a little sculpture of it and save all of those and give them to someone as a gift. And then you'll feel like it, it didn't waste. Uh Lido and and things like that. Yeah, like, yeah. If it, if you have unused carps, obviously you're not going to waste those. But you know, there's no way to save a half carp of an injectable that you put into somebody. So so healthcare and and, and stuff like that. It, it just is what it is. I mean, you know, I know that there's people that exist that throw fucking gloves in a sink and they wash them so they could use them on another page that's ridiculous like that is absolutely ridiculous i i don't mean i personally know i mean i know of like i've heard the stories like just uh you know you're gonna change masks you're gonna change gloves you're gonna change ppe you're gonna throw it it's just it is healthcare. Healthcare. there's a there's a lot of uh disposables right it just it is what it is like i'm sorry Sorry to be the guy to tell you that. Um, the duplicating casts thing, like go digital. That's that is the number. Just go digital, and then if you need something, just scan it. It's way easier. But impression materials, which you got to remember, is you got to remember that whatever your copy is is only as good as the material that you use to you know uh, take it with. So like if you're using fucking putty, like that's actually pretty like it's going to copy things better than, you know, taking an alginate and shit. Uh, Any who's, um, let's see. 
The other thing that is really annoying is I just got another message about dog. And so I, I think I said early, Hanale, I think, needs to be a solo dog. I think she's going to be better in a solo environment. And I don't need everyone's fucking two cents, but like, oh, I should have. You should have had her go with one of the other ones. Like, should I have? No. No, I shouldn't have. Let's see. What do we got? Most Chad shit you've ever seen a dental student do. Man, I'm I'm kind of old. I don't... What's Chad shit? For entertainment purposes, what is the most baller Chad thing story you've seen a med student do that blew you away? A med student? Or a Showed up to a neurology lecture at 11 a.m. and ate a bowl of spaghetti sitting in the middle of the class making eye contact with the guest lecturer. Was that Thomas Grass? I bet that was Thomas they're referring to. Refer to themselves as a surgeon after submitting applications for OMFS programs. I can still remember the day I heard it from across the cr- clinic. So cringy. Mm, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, this is a, uh, like, you, you're getting a, you know, you, you are a surgeon. Dentists are surgeons. Like, I don't know. You want to call yourself a surgeon? Whatever. You're going to do surgery. What, what the fuck should I call you? You know, like, be proud of that shit. Walk the walk. You know, put a little oomph in your step. Uh, you're not a surgeon on the level that a person that's going to complete OMFS is. Um, but yeah, fucking tooth wizard. Let's see. Most baller shit ever see anyone uh, do in dental school is graduate from fucking Fremont. No, um, <laughs> uh, that's for the my OHSU folks listening. Um, most baller shit. Man. I just realized now that I've been a practicing dentist longer than I was in dental school. Uh, so like those memories, they're fading. I don't, I don't really remember. It was all just, like I said, it was a hellscape. We all made it through somehow. Um, actually, I, I don't know about this being baller, but, uh, so I was class president, right? And so I got to speak at graduation in the perio part department made our le- our lives like a living hell during uh dental school and i used my graduation speech to roast the perio department and i was pretty pretty happy about that <laughs> i don't know about baller but uh uh it was a nice little little finger wave on the way out the door there um We'll have to ask Ryan that. We'll, we'll we'll come back to this. That's that's a good one. Let's see here. Are all accidental preparations during endodontics treatable? Hmm. So, yes, I will say that yes. Uh, well, okay, hold on, hold on. Let me let me. Because gonna first of all, we're just gonna say it depends on the extent of the perforation, right? Like, and you should know if you perf, usually. Uh, where I have perfed has been uh, something where I didn't notice on the x-ray, and I get inside the tooth, and I notice, huh, there's some decay here. There's some decay here. It's going over here. Where is it going? Oh, this is not in the direction of a thing. Oh, this tooth is actually, the whole furcation is rotted out. This should have been an extraction to begin with, I'm just an idiot, right? Like that type of perf is not 
treatable, that's where you kind of realize uh, you kind of miss something on your diagnosis, right? But like, let's say you're you're going down, and I have not perfed a ton, um, and usually, well, the couple times I've come across it, one I keep MTA around. Uh, MTA is if you're if you perf what you want to repair it with, and the times I've done it. Uh, it's it's been very minuscule, and I just kind of tell the patient like, "Hey, you know, doing this uh, had this complication. Uh, this is what 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 I did. I sealed it up with this. Blah 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 blah. It does lower the success rate of the endo. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna follow up on this an X amount of time and see what it looks like. Um, the perforations that I have had where I've done that are still. At follow-ups, they followed up well, and they're they're still out there. And if that wasn't the case, you know, kind of what I told the person is, well, just we switch gears and you know use the what, the endo towards the extraction of the implant or whatever. Um, so you know, not a not a big deal. Um, it all it all depends, right? Like it, like on that extent, the extent is the big thing, and then I guess also like the location. Like if you, you know, can't, I'm trying, I'm just trying to think of a like, wait, if you can't like get to seal it or whatever, then I guess, you know, but it's a, you should, you should know like root canal systems are all very similar. Like if you looked at that, that pathway of of the pulp book, right. There's not a lot of different uh, directions in which they can really go and change up. Right. So when you're doing an endo, if you're looking for the pulp and you're like, hmm, I'm not in the right spot here, like, you should be stopping and taking an x-ray or a 3D image. And honestly, having the CBCT and also the other thing, I'm like, oh, I don't perf a lot. I'm not good at endo. I just do really easy fucking endo, right? <laughs> you know, that's that's the other part of it. Um, I, I try to uh, stay out of trouble by not... Uh, getting into situations where I'm going to be in trouble. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's like if you, uh, if you perf and you have the right materials to get down there um, and you do it quickly and you, you keep it clean and you seal, um, you're probably f- going to be fine, right? And then if you don't have the right materials, getting them into an endo that does have the right materials um is is really important this person let's see they uh they also say what if it's untreatable would you do an extraction sure and they say how would the patient be compensated and like i said it depends like so there's some endos where i tell somebody like there's a lot of decay in here looking at the x-ray and you know our first step is is kind of to get this cleaned out and whatnot. What I'm seeing on the X-ray, I think this should be savable. But after we get all the decay out, if that changes, you know, I'm gonna we'll have a different conversation. If I think it would be more predictable to pull the tooth and uh, uh, do uh, a graft or something, right? Like, so you just need to kind of know what you're getting into. Um, and if you're th- like looking at something and you think there's so much decay that you're not sure that you should do an endo, you probably shouldn't. You should probably just do the extraction to begin with. But I know in the beginning, and this is where I've been in that situation, you want to try to save every tooth, you know, 
and you you have a hard time telling patients, yo, this tooth is fucked. And I don't have any problem telling people that now. <laughs> I think I've used that exact expression to a patient before. Like, yeah, this is this this tooth's fucked. Like, you know, we got to do something else. Um, so yeah, so you know, it, it's not the end of the world if you do. And then if it's like, uh, you know, something that that you think like like I said, if you if you can do the patch and whatnot, and just be upfront about it. And I was like, let's see how it does, and then you know, do what you guys decide is fair. You know. Like it's really going to depend on how you want to run your practice and and things like that. I usually, if I'm make like switching and it's uh, from you know endo to an implant or something like that, and it's like you know I did the root canal and then like you know a week later it's worse. Uh, th- these are hypothetical things. I don't think I've done root canal that bad yet. Then uh, yeah, I'd just be like, yeah, let's just roll this towards the other thing. You know, uh, same, same kind of thing. Sometimes if you, if you do a filling in the tooth needs, ends up needing endo, right. And then they get, get the endo and now it needs a crown. I will put your filling to your, towards your crown, you know, just like, we'll just pretend that was, you know, part of this, you know, you can do stuff like that. Just depends on how you want to play it. There are no real, uh, wrong answers. Um, Anyone in the Houston area? I'm not. Okay, let's be our last one. Why did you choose dentistry? What do you think makes someone a good fit for dentistry? Uh, sorry in advance if this is a question is asked a lot or does not belong in the sub. Blah. Firstly, why did you choose dentistry? Okay. Why did you choose dentistry? Specifically, my wife made me. Um, why did you choose it over other healthcare related fields? I'm not big on dying people, right? Like, I don't want to be involved in that. Like, I don't want you to come to me and be like, I need you to save my life. Uh, that's too much stress for me. If you're like, I need you to save my tooth. You know, I'm I'm willing to take that on. And if I can't, like, if your tooth dies on my operating table, I'm still going to go home and sleep fine. If you die on my operating table, I'll probably not have a good time about it. Um, why dentistry over other fields in general, uh, computer sciences, financing, engineering, etc.? Like, I just sort of fell into this, uh, and it turned out to be something I like, because it's sort of like it's a good mix. So you play with cool technology, you do kind of artistic things, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's it's... It's hard. It's really fucking hard. So getting uh, good at things in dentistry is rewarding. Oh, hey, what's up? I'm podcasting to these dogs. They were chilling. Yeah, so anyway, my wife came in and told me I'm taking forever out here. So I got to kind of hurried along but i do want to finish this uh this question you know so like why you know dentistry over other fields and and like i said it kind of fell into it it kind of worked out it had a mix of you know kind of technology science art shit that i liked um and then the op goes in to kind of list some of their qualities and say are these qualities that would be good in our opinion uh, for dentistry. This first one is I'm interested in chemistry and biology and would enjoy studying science in its applications. Yeah, you will study a lot of fucking science, my friend. Like uh, dentistry is very scion, uh, science forward in terms of, uh, you know, your studies and what you'll have to do. So that, that that's a thing. You'll get a lot of science. Now, in practice, like unless you go into research or 
or things like that. A, a lot of the science that you, that you're learning while interesting is, you know, no one's going to be like, oh shit, what's the bond angle of fucking, you know, hydrogen carbon? Like we need this for, in order for you to save the tooth. Uh, that's never going to happen, right? You're going to, you're you're not going to need that, but you know, having the the background in kind of biology and chemistry does let you understand, uh, you know, on on a pretty good level how a lot of our composites and you know the things that we're using in dentistry work. Uh, I'm trying to do this dog stuff, and my belt loop like fucking hooked on uh, uh like part of their enclosure, and I almost I almost took the whole thing down. It was almost everyone. Almost like was uh ooh, that's gross. Someone has someone has the diarrheas. Hey. So someone someone probably got a little bit too much treaty treats, but we'll get that taken care of. Calm down, Gandalf. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who's responsible for for those growth turds, but it's one of you. Anyway, so uh so yeah. So I think science, you'll get a lot of science. If you like science, you'll at least not hate yourself during uh, the coursework part of school, right? So that's good. That's on the positive. Now, what else do we got here? They go on to say, hobby-wise, I love to work intricately with my hands, and I like paying attention to aesthetics. Uh, yeah, that will serve you well, right? Like, you have to work with your hand. You have to do small stuff. Like, I've been, you know, interested in, like, sort of painting and i think i've mentioned that i i paint like miniatures and i do like warhammer and shit and that's uh, uh similar like the, uh, similar you know to the level of uh detail and what you got to do small brushes uh small things if you like small things teeth are fucking small and if you want to work on them upside down through a mirror you need uh you know some kind of artistic talent with that so that would be that would be something that uh I think you would line up for pretty well. What else we got here? Generic as it is, I want to help people feel better about themselves, and I want to see direct effects of my actions on people. Hmm. So this is interesting. Like, I have that, right? Like, I, I used to tell people, oh, I got in dentistry because I, I want to make people smile. <laughs> right? I think I said that in my, uh, you know, interview at, at D school. And it, it's true. Like, I really do want to help people. The thing about it, though, is like, this profession will fucking chew you up and spit you out because the people that are probably the most demanding and, you know, you end up trying to to help the most, uh, a lot of times they don't have realistic expectations or no matter what you do, they they want something different because they, you know, no matter what we do, it's not like as good as a real tooth, right? It's It's different and some people will never be happy you know you could do like a, a full mouth rehab you know someone that would have broken down teeth everywhere you know they they fucked their shit over years and years and years you know in a couple of months you get them a really beautiful uh smile and then they hate it i have this this one lady that we did an implant denture so it's like four implants on the bottom it snaps in and it's on the top and you know you you have to compromise things in indentures and implants you know a lot of times you know we'll say you know it can look good it can chew good um uh it, it can feel uh, it can fit good and sometimes we only get to pick one of those and if we're really lucky sometimes we get to pick two right so it's like it's not 
teeth. You know, there, if we put this on top the ridge, kind of the, the thing that we had was we went in and we had her teeth and we had them over the ridge and everything was, was kind of good. She said it chewed good, but she kept making like these, these complaints about, about like the aesthetics and they weren't things that really, you know, it's like, well, if we move that there, if we do what we're saying, it's like, it's going to add height and then, you know, it's going to, it's going to compromise the chewing, right? Like there's a reason that the technician set it up here. There's a reason that we're looking up here, you know, cause in this style of denture that snaps in and out, like we kind of have to have things built in. We can cheat more, um, on, you know, something that's permanently in there, like an all on four. Like if you want to go that direction, that would make like, we could achieve a better bite for this. But anyway, she had it changes and make all this, these things. We had like I swear, like 10 different wax tries. I got it exactly how she wanted it to look. And now she says it looks great, but it doesn't chew as well as before. And it's like, man, we had this conversation um, before. And it's like, really, it's to the point where I, I, I see this person on my schedule. It like ruins my week, right? Um, and it, this started like I was very much trying to help this person. And I think we even end, you know, like they, they couldn't afford exactly what it was, but you know, we got it there. You know, we like negotiated down on the price. We like did these things to make it work for her. And now she fucking hates my guts, right? It's all my fault. I'm a terrible person, right? Anybody that I've really been over backwards for, it's, uh, it always comes down to, to bite me. Like I, I have my staff when I'm about to do something nice, discount a case, do do something. I'm like, remind me of these other ones. So every time I try to do something nice, you know, it's like no good deed goes unpunished, right? It's that type of thing. So if you're really like, I don't, I don't know, uh, empathetic's not the right word, but if you're really the type of person that you're gonna feed off of the emotions of other. Others where, you know, if it's good that you're going to get really happy from that, that's great. But a lot of times those people, myself included, when it's when it's bad and these people are upset, that uh, hits you harder. And when that is uh, in the reality, that can can make it so you have some really rough days. And that has happened to me. I speak from experience. You know, there's uh, days where I get really frustrated because it feels like anything I try to do, someone's really pissed. I have uh, other other friends that are that are in dentistry that they're just you know they don't have that like they don't have that need to really validate themselves through other people's happiness that I have sometimes and I think they do better emotionally um, than I do so that's just something to you know I know it sounds good like oh I want to help people why not just be careful like this this profession can be really rough um, in that regard and then your fourth thing says work life balance seems better than medicine um it is like our call is a lot less stressful 100% and salary seems better than nursing um yeah like i don't know how you would like compare those two things like uh you know you you get a doctorate right like they're they're on totally different like uh pay scale type things um you know and pay like versus like being a family practice doc i'd say it's usually better but it, it depends it depends on what you want to do how much you want to hustle like you can you know have a lot of free time and make okay money um or you you can have less free time and you can make like really 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 good money you know it's like there's a lot of different ways to uh to do it but you won't you won't be hurting 
Um, I don't think as a dentist. So anyway, so yeah, if uh, that feels like a good fit for you, I, I think it sounds like it would be up your alley. Um, you know, if you haven't, do do some shadowing, talk to some dentists, that type of thing. And, uh, you know, best of luck to you. All right, well, I'm going to take off. Bye.